Hey everyone, welcome back to Real Talk About Feminism. We're back. We're back. We had a really fun night last night. It was St. Patrick's Day yesterday. And we went out with our friends and we had such a good night. Like nothing went wrong. Yeah, it was so fun. Like everyone was also just like in the best mood. Yeah. Like Tyler kept saying that. He was like, everyone's so friendly tonight. Like except for the violence. Like Like strangers? Yeah. Ew, I didn't get that impression. Oh, we did. But like all of the people in our group were like. Yeah, everyone was in a good mood. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. No, it was so fun. Yeah. Besides the violence, there was a really scary fight. And literally security, like, well, there was one outside when we were waiting in line. That one was scary to me. That was scary. But, well, you weren't really upstairs when the inside one happened. No, we were. Really? Okay, well, you weren't there initially, but you guys ran in. No, we were upstairs. I thought you were downstairs. No, we were upstairs because security pushed us out of the way. Oh. We were at the bar. Okay, yeah, it was scary. They literally had to tase somebody. It was terrifying. And then they just, like, resumed the music like nothing happened when they kicked him out. We were like, oh, okay. They waited a minute, but. Yeah, but the vibes were off. But anyways, other than that, it was really fun, and it was the best vibes, and it was also our friend's birthday the day before. Shout out to him. (laughs) So um, we were, like, also celebrating, too. So it was fun. Yeah, it was a really fun night. And now we are ready to podcast <laughs> yep, we are ready we're here we're showing up and we're excited <laughs> okay. um, oh for anyone who's watching on youtube we have a new little setup yeah we didn't mention that yeah we do have a new setup and we're loving it so far mm-hmm. yeah we ended up um so we used to record like we had like a whole studio set up at our parents house in a spare bedroom and like it was completely our space it was mm-hmm. super nice but it just got too difficult to drive back and forth. So we made the executive decision last week <laughs> to like move the studio here to um, our apartment. So we're actually technically in my room. We have to totally move all the furniture to fit everything. But it looks good. And we like it. It does. And it's so much more convenient. Mm-hmm. And the setup does not take that long. No, it really doesn't. Did no. you see me like setting it up? Yeah. Yeah. Like doesn't take that long. So yeah, it feels good. It's fun. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes me happy because it shows that we're growing because we've we just had a lot of growth lately. Yeah. And we're, we're like recording more frequently with guests yeah. and everything. So like we have to just be able to have it in our own space. So it's fun. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know what you think of the new setup. You'll see clips if you're watching like on Instagram and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to get into a couple of updates. So my first update is, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but after my garbage rebound um, and I broke up, (laughs) (laughs) um, we, so I was like, okay, I'm in my self-love era, you know, in my single phase. So I went and got a little beta fish and I named him Augustus. Yeah. And he recently died. He was cute. He was adorable. He got sucked up in the filter. And it was traumatic. Bestie over here um, handled that situation for me while I was sobbing my eyes out. So thank you. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, hey, I need new fish. So I went and got two new fish and I named them Cow because he looked like a little cow. <laughs> he looked like a cow. He was spotted. He was, <laughs> he so, was so cute. cute. And then I named the other one Arlo. And Cow died oh. after a couple <laughs> days of them being in the tank. Mm-hmm. And now it's just Arlo. So it's just me and him. <laughs> Cow was my favorite. Was but so Arlo cute. has been really cute lately. But Arlo like, has been cute. Cow was like chubbier. I know he had like a little like fishy face. Yeah, so, so he was cute. really cute. But 
So that yeah. was low-key depressing. But, um, yeah, anyway, so just me and Arlo taking on the world. Yep. Um, post a pic on the Instagram story. Okay, I will. But, yeah, so Ken's has Arlo. He's really cute. He's a little cute guy. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. Right now, we're dog-sitting for our parents. The dogs are currently sitting right next to us because mm-hmm. they're so They're so codependent. codependent. <laughs> but we're just filled with animals in this house right now. Yeah. <laughs> filled to the brink. So, <laughs> two cats, two dogs. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I know. Fun. We've been in, like, our city girl era because what were we saying yesterday? You were like, it's so camp to have, like, little dogs in the city. <laughs> it is. Well, also, like, in our city girl era, so I can't <laughs> – I can't afford to park my car downtown anymore because it's too expensive. <laughs> they freaking raise the rates. They raise the rates 50%. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Overnight. And so, like, literally 50. Um, And so I am parking my car at Tyler's now um, starting today. And um, so I'm parking my car at Tyler's, and I'm just going to be bussing it. <laughs> literally bussing it. I'm going to take the bus, the light rail. I have this card. Um, I'm going to really expose myself here. <laughs> Uh, last year when I applied for food stamps, <laughs> um, then I also like, they were just like, if you've ever applied, like they're like, Oh, apply for all these programs. Like you might get in. Right. And so there was like this discount on public transportation and they don't check, they don't recheck your income, like nothing like that. It's good for a year. And so I have this discount card that basically like I can ride the light rail and the buses for like a dollar fifty two dollars so, like, I was just like, you know what? Not having my car right in the parking garage downstairs is going to be a little inconvenient. But, like, walking and busing, like, it's not that bad. And it's going to reduce my footprint. So, yeah, if I worked remote, I would be doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Like, I have to have my car. So I have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I was just like, why am I paying this much a month to most of the time have my car sitting here unless I want to go to Tyler's? Right. And, and, like, on my days off, like, I can drive you around. Yeah. And like, we've arranged some stuff with that, but like, and yeah, like I was like, okay, like I can take a bus to Tyler's. It takes 30 minutes. I just put on a Dr. Phil episode in my like headphone, one headphone, you know, and keep the other one open. Like I'll just do my thing. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Mm -mm. And most likely a lot of times Tyler's probably just going to drop me off and pick me up. Yeah. Let's be honest. And he also has a bus stop a block and a half from his house. Well, it's it's literally on his street. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's, it just makes sense. I'm actually, like, excited to just get outside more. Right. Because it's getting warmer now, and, like, we've been talking about this. Our windows don't open. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of, like, feels like a prison sometimes. Um, And so, yeah, I'm ex- I'm just excited. I think it makes sense. No, it'll be good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's why I've loved, like, walking the dogs around mm-hmm. the block because it is nice outside. It is nice. And it like, gets just us out get of out. the apartment. Yeah. Right. It's nice, especially when it's warmer. Even, like, yesterday in the morning was a little cold, but it was still nice to get out. Yeah. So, yeah, those are kind of our little life updates. Yeah. We're going to get into our obsessions. Yes. I am absolutely obsessed with Hunger Games again. Mm -hmm. I've always loved Hunger Games, but ever since they put it on Netflix, TikTok has been infiltrated by Hunger Games edits and series and all of this stuff, and I just can't get enough of it. And um, right before they put it on Netflix, I binge watched all of them, and now I'm doing it again. Because they're so good. Yeah, you binge-watched all of them except for one in, in one day. Yeah. But you know what? You do you. Um, I love The Hunger Games. I read it the whole series. Like, I just don't feel like watching it right now. It's just so good. So I haven't. But no, it is good. It's and a good I series. And I love Jennifer Lawrence. Like, and that new one job. is coming out. 
Mm-hmm. I haven't read the book yet. With it's Peter on my Dinklage. List. What? It has Peter Dinklage. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, I love that, and I like I've been hearing it too, so I feel like I'm like watching it, yeah, like when you're yeah. watching it. So yeah, um, it's a good obsession. My obsession is um pasta, specifically thick fettuccine with red sauce and lots of cheese. Super hot, like steaming. It's so good. Last night when we got home at like what time did we get home? It's like one fifteen, one thirty. One thirty. So we got home at like one thirty last night and I literally made me and Tyler pasta. <laughs> Like, and we just ate it and watched video, like a video outside. Like, it was just funny. So, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. It's really good. And it's just a filling meal and it's just comfort food. It is comfort food. I'm sick of the pasta, but yeah. I'm glad you can still enjoy it. I enjoy it. So, yeah, that's my obsession. Okay. Feminist highlight? Feminist highlight. I'm excited about this one. Her name is Jessica Wade. She's a London based physicist. As of October 2022, she had written more than 1,600 Wikipedia pages about women and minority scientists that are not well-known. Okay. She realized in her 20s when she was at university that there were so many women and minority scientists that never got recognition, so she decided to give it to them. On Today.com, they said, quote, As her Wikipedia entries climbed into the dozens and then into the hundreds, she spoke and wrote more on gender equality in science. She won awards and medals and was cited by Jimmy Wales, the founder of Wikipedia. She's also super passionate about women in STEM. And as Wade pursues her effort to make sure women scientists are known, she also has beliefs on how to make sure the next generation gets the support they need. She said girls don't need, quote, whiz-bang experiments at school assemblies like visiting scientists doing their shows packing up departing and nothing changing instead girls and students of color need to be coached and mentored on what to study and when this is from the same article quote people assume girls don't choose science because they're not inspired wade 33 said in a recent interview girls are already interested it's more about making students aware of the different careers in science and getting parents and teachers on board a woman in stem a woman in stem i just think that it was great because she probably thought it was not that significant when she started it. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to make a Wikipedia page. It's not going to take me that much time. But her work is really important. She's yeah. giving people that weren't able to have recognition for their accomplishments. She's gi- giving them a chance to have that recognition. Yeah, I love that. That's like the work that a lot of times goes unseen. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that she was recognized for that because it's really amazing. Me too. Well, happy hey. International Women's Month to her. <laughs> yeah, it's still a Women's Month. Yep. We've got, what, two more weeks? Yeah. Yeah. There's been things that have happened that, like, men have done that were, like, not during Women's Month. <laughs> we said that last night about something. And we said that on Wednesday when we went out with Sydney. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We're in our going out era, right, like, this week. This is so abnormal for us, though. Like, Sydney came into town Wednesday night, so we went to Federalis. Yeah, my best friend. <laughs> I don't know why I had to clarify that. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, Sydney came into town. We pretended like it was her birthday. We made up this whole story, and then I, I uh-huh. got us all two shots. Two shots. Yeah, you really hustled that. Yeah, like for free. Um, so yeah, that was during International Women's Month. So like, he needed to do that for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, Thursday yeah. was um, Grizzly Rose. Grizzly Rose because it was someone else's birthday, mm-hmm. or not else's because it wasn't Sydney's, but it was someone's birthday. So we went to Grizzly Rose to celebrate. 
we were pretending it was Sydney's birthday on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. So pretend birthday Wednesday, someone else's birthday Thursday, and then Friday, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day. Day. And then tonight, Tyler probably wants to go out again. And so. I'm done. Like, yeah. three days is enough for me. But here's the thing. Like, I didn't even drink last night. Like, I had two shots, and that was it. Like, felt fine. And it's – I mean, the drinking's a big part for me because, like, I just don't like the way it makes me feel. Yeah. No, I don't time. either. But it's also just, like, the environment and the people. Like, I just need to be alone and chill. No, I totally get that. But I'd be fine with not going out <laughs> tonight, but we'll see. Yeah. But, yeah, it is abnormal for us. Yeah, because <laughs> like, we normally just go out, like, once a week, if that. If even. Yeah, yeah. like, once every two, three weeks, maybe. Mm, not two or three. And once every two, maybe. Okay. You're underestimating. <laughs> but, you know, not that much. Anyways, side tangent. Side, side tangent. tangent. Okay, we're getting into the famous five women. Yeah, we are. So this is another. We wanted to gear, like, a few of our episodes at least this month to, like, really focus on International Women's Month. Which, we're a feminist podcast, so how can we not? Right. But, you know, we just kind of, like, thought it would well, be cool to recognize women. And I also, like, when we do, like, more educational episodes. Yeah. Because um, I don't know, like, too many people that have heard of the Famous Five Women. For one, because they're from Canada, too. So this is, like, not a United States mm-hmm. case. Um, but I'll get into that. So the Famous Five Women, they're also known as the Valiant Five or the Alberta Five. They're from Alberta, Canada. They were Hey, that's where my one of my friends is from. Oh, shout She's out to her. She's from Calgary, Alberta. Shout out to her. Shout out to Emma. <laughs> they were a group of five female Canadian suffragists who advocated for women and children. And I'm going to go ahead and give the names and like introductions to all five of the women cuz they really did do some really important work. Yeah. The names of the women were Emily Murphy, Henrietta Edwards, Nellie McClung, Louise McKinney, and Irene Parlby. Cute name. Parlby. That's really hard to say. So first up is Emily Murphy. She became the first female magistrate in the British Empire in 1916. And I looked up what a magistrate is. It's a judge who administers the law in more local courts and holds preliminary hearings for serious cases. So a judge. Basically. Okay. But it, they don't handle, like, um, high-profile cases. Okay. Makes sense. So, like, a um, Judge Judy type i guess yeah, yeah, yeah i guess kind yeah of. and that was because she was a woman like okay. that was as far as she could go she was a huge advocate for women having quote the right of wives to share ownership in their husband's property this led to the creation of the married women's protective act she's quoted as saying whenever i don't know whether to fight or not i fight Ooh. i was like oh get it girl wait so um Honestly, I'm surprised that in 1916 she was even able to be a magistrate. I am too. So, because like the at that time though, like there was significant work going towards women having the right to vote and having more rights. Yeah, I was going to say it's in that same era. But still. Yeah. Right, cuz like during that time women literally couldn't do anything. Yeah. So it is very surprising. Yeah. Good for her. So, question, were these all like the famous five did they all like work together or at the same time or is it just like there's these famous five women so at different times that did a lot of work we'll get into how they come together okay but so all of my information for the famous five and for the case i'll talk about is from the canadian encyclopedia and i'm gonna link everything you guys can go check it out because there's a lot of information um 
but like all their quotes, all of this information is from the Canadian Encyclopedia. Okay, cool. So that was Emily Murphy. We're going to move on to Louise McKinney. Uh, Louise was a supporter and organizer of the Women's Christian Temperance Union, and it's abbreviated WCTU for short. The WCTU's mission was to protect women and children from the destructive influence of alcohol. And this is according to them. Not us just talking about going out. Literally, we're like, going out three days in a row. <laughs> Thank you, women. <laughs> Her activism helped secure women's right to vote, and she championed the Dower Act. And the Dower Act gave women the right to prevent the sale or mortgage on their homes without their knowledge. Oh. Because at that time, apparently, like, their husband or which, you know, the women couldn't have a name on the property. But, like, their house could just go for sale and they wouldn't know. They're like, hello? Hello? Like, what am I supposed to do with my stuff? <laughs> yeah. Which um, I can't even own because I'm a woman. Right. <laughs> like, um, she's quoted by saying, the purpose of a woman's life is just the same as the purpose of a man's life, that she may make the best possible contribution to the generation in which she is living. Ooh, I, I really that. like that because yeah. we're all just humans. That is like so what we stand for too, like equality. Equality, yes. Like men and women are both meant to make an impact. Yes. Next, we're going to talk about Henrietta Edwards. She was an artist and a legal expert, and people often went to her for advice on cases involving women and children. She helped found the National Council of Women in Canada, and she believed that women shouldn't be slaves to fashion because it was a distraction of other more important things. So she refused to wear corsets. Like, Ooh. she did not go with the beauty standard. And now people are wearing corsets as just a top. Literally. <laughs> she also published Canada's first women's magazine. So all of these women, too, we still have two more to introduce, but all of these women had worked together in some capacity, like, over the years. Okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering. So they were all familiar with each other, right? Okay. But then the case that I'll get into is what really brought them together okay. and why they're named the Famous Five. Irene Parlby, that's really difficult to say. She was an advocate for rural women in Alberta and Canada overall. She organized and became the first president of the United Farm Women's Association. This is a quote from Canadian Encyclopedia. She became the first female cabinet minister in Alberta and the second in the entire British Empire, but was not given a portfolio because of misogyny. Nonetheless, Irene persuaded the Minister of Health to establish traveling medical clinics, the Minister of Education to create distance learning, and other ministers to make significant changes or bring in new programs for rural Albertans. Mm. You're like, that's cool. <laughs> no, like, I'm just thinking, like, farm sleigh. <laughs> but that is cool. It that's, is cool. like, important work. Again, like, a lot of times would probably go unseen. Right. But it's a big deal. Right. Last but not least is Nellie McClung. I think the name Nellie is so cute. Yeah, I like it. So Nellie here, she was a novelist <laughs> and a journalist. She was a huge advocate for women getting the right to vote, and her efforts led to Manitoba being the first province to grant women the right to vote and run for office. Wow. Another quote. She was the first female director of the Board of the Governors of the CBC, where she advocated for women to become the active professionals and not just the assistants, the decision makers. So she, she wanted to be the decision maker. Yes. Nice. Yeah. She was also one of the few advocating for the suffrage of Asian Canadians. And I'm also going to get into this later because there's a huge controversy with them. But I think this goes without saying at that time, they were really just advocating for white women. 
So it's a big deal that Nellie McClung mm-hmm. was advocating for Asian Canadians. Yeah, that is a big deal. It wasn't just like was white she women. Asian? No. All these women were white. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I just think it's really impressive that, like, while the other four were doing great work, obviously, for mm-hmm. women and to progress the rights of women, it was we're just forgetting about all of the other demographics. Right. So we're going to talk about the person's case. And the famous five, they were petitioners in a groundbreaking Canadian case, which is the person's case. Okay. The petitioner means they're the ones that bring it forward and initiate it. Okay. I had to Google all this law jargon. Hey, good What's for that you. What's quote? I, I use legal jargon in my everyday life or something. I object. I object. <laughs> That's funny. In Canada, petitioning is one of the most common tools of political protests accessible to the local population. Okay. Let's remember we're not in the U.S., so it's yeah. a little bit different. Okay. The person's case, quote, was a constitutional ruling that established the right of women to be appointed to the Senate. As I mentioned, the famous five brought forth this case, which makes sense because in most of their introductions, when I introduced each of them, a lot of them were in like lower decision making positions, Mm -hmm. but wanted more power. Yeah. And really just wanted a voice and Mm -hmm. wanted the opportunity to move up. So it makes sense why they would bring this forward. Yeah. Okay. This is all from the Canadian Encyclopedia. The person's case, which was called Edwards v. AG of Canada, was a constitutional ruling that established the right of women to be appointed by the Senate. The case was initiated by the Famous Five, a group of prominent women activists. So they were well known in their communities. And who was it that, um, yeah, it was Henrietta Edwards, where people would come to her for legal advice. Like, these women were very smart. Yeah. And she would specifically give advice for women and children. Mm-hmm. So they knew what they were talking about. They knew what they were talking about. In 1928, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled that women are not persons, according (laughs) to the British North America Act, now called the Constitution Act, 1867. So imagine, like, not being white and being, like, a woman of color. So you, first, as a woman, are not ruled as a person. And then on top of it, it's, like, the intersectionality of being a minority mm-hmm. and also not having rights at all. So like right. first it's like a hit to all of these women in like this case they were all white like okay we're not persons right. according to the government. But then imagine like the women of color. Right. It's just disturbing. So because of this British North America Act um women were ineligible for appointment to the Senate. However, The Judicial Committee of the Privy Council reversed the court's decision on October 18th of 1929. The person's case enabled women to work for change in both the House of Commons and the Senate. It also meant that women could no longer be denied rights based on a narrow interpretation of the law. Okay, I feel like that's bare minimum for the government. No, literally, but nothing would have changed if these famous five women didn't bring the case forward. I just can't wrap my head around how many... Also in the in America, but there are so many laws like worldwide that just are so old, yeah. and they just were never taken out. Like, I'm sure if we Googled crazy laws that are still in uh-huh. in act, like we should legally, talk about that. No, we should because there's so many that they just haven't gotten rid of. Yeah. 
It is crazy because, yeah, like, there really are, like, I've seen, like, random, like, videos. Yeah. And it's just, like, you would never believe this law in this random country. And it's, like, it's just there because nobody fought it. Right. And, like, it's not practiced anymore. Yeah. But. In some cases. In writing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, it's just crazy. It's insane. I'm going to end this episode by talking about the controversy that I met. The controversy Controversy. that I mentioned. (laughs) Um, so they all believed and supported eugenics and I learned about eugenics like in the past like couple years. So I'm going to give explanations on what it is because it is very disturbing. Yeah. And I was like, my heart was just like so heavy when I was reading everything because it's horrible. Yeah. Cause like it is important like to recognize that right like that's not okay at all it's not okay and I want to recognize as I mentioned they've done great work in history with women's rights and making progress but this is a huge thing we can't ignore right so the definition of eugenics and I just googled it this is what it says It's a set of beliefs and practices that aim to improve the genetic quality of a human population, historically by excluding people and groups judged to be inferior and promoting those judged to be superior. So this is my, like, this is, like, a a good um, overview of it. Mm -hmm. It was a racist and elitist movement in which women of color and minorities were forced to be sterilized in order to, quote, keep the races pure. There were some men, like, early on, there were some men that were sterilized forcibly, um and there were also it wasn't like just women of color like there were some white women but it was women of color and minorities that were forcibly sterilized Mm -hmm. at like alarming rates and it's very disturbing yeah um some background in the united states from 1907 to 1932 32 states passed eugenics laws making it legal for the government to sterilize the quote insane feeble-minded dependent and diseased it's yeah it is very disturbing like thinking about it just wait so i went down a rabbit hole and i was googling this and i found a new york times article about the ralph sisters their names were minnie lee and mary alice and they were forcibly taken as teenagers and forced to be sterilized because they were black they were teenagers and they were taken there was no informed consent no consent from the parents. They were just taken by a physician who worked for a federally funded eugenics clinic. A lawsuit was filed on their behalf. The case was named Ralph V. Weinberger. That was the physician. Quote from this article. This case revealed that more than 100,000 mostly black, Latina, and indigenous women were sterilized under U.S. government programs over decades. It also officially ended this practice and forced doctors to obtain informed consent before performing sterilization procedures. Though, as it would turn out, forced sterilizations by state governments would continue into the 21st century. If you think about it, that is not that long ago. No. And it's something that people don't talk about. Mm-mm. It, like, I never learned about this in school. I didn't and either. And it's something that's really, really important. It's horrible. I didn't know about it until recently. It's horrible. You're literally taking away, just like Roe v. Wade, like, you're taking away a woman's right to mm-hmm. choose. And also, if there's no, like, informed consent... It's it's it, uh, it's just disturbing. It's very disturbing because, because it, there's so many side effects that can come from that. Mm-hmm. And procedures and technology was not that good. Back so in it's those days. really invasive mm-hmm. and it feels very close to like assault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it is. Yeah, 
It's by force. Yeah. You have no choice. Mm-mm. There's a lot more about eugenics, but the main point is that the famous five were all in support of it. Many people say that their work to progress women's rights is now tarnished. And it's Honestly, ha- it, I agree with yes, that. Yes, it is really hard because you're reading about the famous five and you're like, wow, they wow, did this all of amazing. this work. Yeah. These women are so amazing. But how can you do this work and also support eugenics? Eugenics. Uh-huh. You can't. No. I agree with that. I think that their work is tarnished. And I think, yes, they did do great work for mostly white women. Mm-hmm. All white women, to be honest. Yep. Um. And eventually that would lead to everyone else getting more rights as well. But if you're not including every group in the progression of rights, then that's not the progression of rights. Right. Like that includes all races, all nationalities, all religions, all sexualities, like everything. And if you're not including everyone, then no one is getting rights. Mm -hmm. I think that's really well said. And I just wanted to make a point that, yeah, there's two sides to the story. Right. I think that's important. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Well, I hope you guys learned something new. Please go look at the links, like dive into it a little bit more. It was really interesting to learn about. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Talk About Feminism Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and our weekly email newsletter. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.